1: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today.
2: Now with DeJounte Murray to the Atlanta Hawks have the best backcourt in the East. The NBA free agency bonanza begins tonight. And the Green Bay Packers have the best defense in the NFL. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today.
1: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
2: There had been rumors for days the Atlanta Hawks were in on a big move and they finally made it, trading three first-round picks and a pick swap with Danilo Gallinari to the San Antonio Spurs for DeJounte Murray. Joining me now, host of Locked on Hawks, Brad Roland. And Brad... This was a trade that had been out in the ether. These rumors have been out there for at least a week. In terms of compensation, though, how surprised are you that there wasn't another player of any kind of magnitude in this deal, that it was basically picks and a contract?
0: It's really... Interesting and kind of surprising if you take a step back, the Spurs seemingly are signaling now that they are really going to tear this thing down and rebuild. Like Murray was their best player. And at 25 years old on a good contract, you don't usually trade that guy. And uh, clearly they wanted, from what I'm hearing, they really wanted to prioritize Picks. And the way that for that to work would be to include Gallinari, who's more of a throw in to match salary. But it's a really interesting decision on all sides. You know, the Hawks gave up a lot of draft compensation in this deal, but they also kept their core in place of players. So that there's that trade off as well. But yeah, overall, it's a pretty surprising trade package on both sides.
2: What do you see with the fit there? Trey Young is going to want the ball in his hands a lot. DeJounte Murray ran the offense in San Antonio. So how do you find a balance there to maximize both of those players' skill sets?
0: Yeah, that's the big question you would say about this deal. Um, On one hand, the Hawks have been saying for a long time that they are really looking for a number two shot creator. And Murray is an overqualified player in that way. He was he's the number one guy with the Spurs. I do think that on a good team, he would be the number two. And that's what he is in Atlanta. But naturally speaking, those guys are not a perfect fit on offense together. Murray likes to have the ball in his hands. Trey has always had the ball in his hands and it kind of has to be a mutual partnership there. Trey is very capable of working off the ball. He's a really, really good shooter. He just hasn't done that at the NBA level necessarily. And Murray isn't a, is not a knockdown shooter. He's got to figure out how to cut off the ball a little bit better than he has in the past, maybe develop a three-point shooting as well. But you know they sort of overlap pretty nicely. And one of the big perks of this deal for the Hawks is that Murray can run the show when Trey's on the bench for those 10 minutes a night, 12 minutes a night. That's a huge bump for a team that's always had that problem when Trey leaves the floor. So it'll take some time to work out. But these guys are really talented and really effective, and they should be able to figure it out in the end.
2: He can also defend in the backcourt, which is part of what you need if you're going to have a guard playing next to Trey Young. The other part that is interesting to me here is when you just give up Gallinari, who is essentially just salary filler, the Hawks still have some wings who could potentially be appealing to other teams. Clint Capella has been rumored in a deal with uh, the Jazz for Rudy Gobert and and some other places. So how how much do you think this signals the Hawks' willingness to be done or not. I mean, that, that what I'm trying to figure out here is does this mean this is the move or or could there be stuff coming down the pike?
0: I will always sort of defer to things not happening until they happen. I'm that kind of person. Uh, I think this is probably going to be their biggest move. But listen, within a half hour of this deal coming to fruition, you got Woj on ESPN talking about how the Hawks are not done. So they're going to be making calls. I'm very confident about that. John Collins is still very available. I think there's at least a question about Kevin Herder and like Modonovich, both of whom are primarily shooting guards and that's where Murray's going to be playing a lot of his minutes. So maybe you want to move on from one of those guys. They have options. Um, They don't have to make another move in my mind. The roster does kind of make sense in its current form, but uh, it seems like they're not going to rest until they've kind of made it even more of a total overhaul perhaps. So uh, the door is certainly open. I would still guess that this is the number one slash biggest move that they make, but uh, there's still a lot of time left. They
2: they have seemed like a candidate to me for a two for one, three for one kind of, of deal If they wanted to go after a bigger fish, someone in that, DeJounte Murray, or maybe even higher, such that we think that some of those guys are available, is there a name that that you think would make sense for the Hawks to try and target?
0: Yeah, it seems like the only big names that the Hawks have been linked to so far, non-Murray division, are the centers, uh, Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Ayton. Both of them would make some sense. The problem is the Hawks are already pretty good at center with Clint Capella on Yaka Kongwu. So that would have to be kind of an all in move and you have to move, move some stuff around. So it seems to me it's more likely to be more of a secondary kind of move. Maybe you slide off of John Collins money or you slide Kevin Herter out for luxury tax relief, something like that. Um, it wouldn't stun me though, if they were back in the mix or even still in the mix the entire time on Gobert or Ayton. And those are the sort of the bigger name guys that can always see the Hawks making a, a pursuit of in the next couple of days.
2: Listen to Locked on Hawks as Brad will have you covered every day on all things Atlanta Hawks on every podcasting app, including Odyssey. Thanks for making Locked on Sports today your first listen. Coming up, what can you expect from NBA free agency as it opens up later today? We'll give you a few pointers.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. And what a gift it is. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Bilt have given you coconut brownie chunk in puff form. Coconut brownie chunk, my personal favorite. It is my favorite candy bar. And guess what? It's not a candy bar. It is a protein bar. And they've turned that bar into a puff bar with chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with that amazing coconut brownie goodness. All somehow low calorie, low sugar, high protein. I I don't understand it. I've never understood how they do it. I don't ask questions. I just enjoy them. Go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com.
1: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
2: All right. Raise your hand if you're surprised to hear James Harden declined his option with the Philadelphia 76ers. Let the record show no one raising their hand. Harden decided to forego the $47.3 million from the Sixers and become a free agent. This decision is not necessarily so that Harden can move on to a new team though. He's keeping open the possibility of negotiating a new contract with Philly that will also provide them flexibility to make the team better around Harden and Joel Embiid. Insiders suggest this is the most likely outcome. The opt-out could also go a long way in reshaping the Sixers bench to bolster this would-be Eastern Conference contender. And speaking of declined options, Bradley Beal also declined his option with the Washington Wizards and became a free agent. He can either sign a five-year max with the Wizards or a four-year max with any other team. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported earlier Wednesday that the likely path forward is Beal re-signs with the Wizards for a deal that could pay him an estimated $248 million. Casual. Should he choose to do that, he will have two new teammates, as the Wizards traded Contavious Caldwell Pope and Ish Smith to the Denver Nuggets for Will Barton and Monte Morris. Check out Locked on Wizards and Locked on Nuggets for more on those trades wherever you get podcasts. Philadelphia Phillies slugger Bryce Harper had successful surgery to repair his broken left thumb on Wednesday. A fastball off Padres pitcher Blake Snell broke Harper's thumb. This past Saturday, playing mostly as a DH, Harper had compiled a 315 batting average with 15 jacks this season. The Phillies will miss the reigning NL MVP, but have some hopes he can return at some point later this year. Whether they will still be in the NL East race as they attempt to chase the Mets and Braves, well, that's another question. And the New York Yankees have only one loss when Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton both homer in a game. And it didn't come yesterday against the Oakland A's.
3: This is Stacey Gatsoulias of Locked On Yankees, and the Yankees beat the A's 5 3 at the stadium. And it was another comeback for the Yankees because Jamison Tyone had a bit of a rough first inning, gave up three runs. They were the only runs that he would give up. But it made his outing shorter than it probably should have been. But no harm, no foul, because thanks to Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, it didn't matter that he gave up three runs because the Yankees scored five. Tyone picks up his ninth win of the season in only five innings of work. And hey, sounds like a good deal to me. As I said, Judge and Stanton hit home runs. Judge his 29th, Stanton his 19th. And by the way, the last six hits that Stanton has, home runs. When Judge and Stanton hit home runs in the same game, the Yankees are 25-1. Yeah, it's something this season. They're now 36 games over 500 with a record of 56-20. and Next stop, Houston. We'll have everything you need to know about the one-off game in Minute Maid Park on the next Locked on Yankees. So tune in
1: is another story you need to know
2: the NBA's free agent period is about to kick off here in a matter of hours with plenty of drama no doubt in store and it has already started the last couple days with the rumors with the trades it has already been a fun couple days in the NBA joining me now from locked on fantasy basketball Josh Lloyd And, and Josh as you look at the landscape here The Jalen Brunson conversation seems like it's a done deal. We had a pair of trades yesterday. What are you keeping an eye on that you think is going to happen
4: early in free agency here? The Brunson one's interesting because it did appear like it was a done deal. And then Chris Haynes had a tweet a couple of hours ago saying that, you know, that Brunson was going to have meetings with the Knicks and the Mavs. And then he also just threw the heat in there, which seemed to come out of nowhere. So I don't know exactly what's happening with that. It does feel like it's going to happen, but... I hadn't heard anything about that Miami one until Chris uh, tweeted that out. So we'll see exactly what goes on there. But what I think will end up happening, the class is not particularly strong for free agency. That We'll have more movement happen with trades, as we saw today with DeJounte Murray. We might have something further with Atlanta, either Clint Capella or John Collins. Moving on, I think the bigger names who opted out, James Harden, Brad Beal, um, Zach Levine, who's a free agent. I think they'll all probably just end up going back to their teams. And then the better players after that are going to be the restricted guys like DeAndre Ayton and Miles Bridges. And we know how messy of a process restricted free agency can be. So that might just sit around for a few days until we figure out if they're just going back to their teams. It doesn't appear like Ayton will, but you know who's going to tie up cap space to throw offers out there? It doesn't feel like there'll be many fireworks in terms of those guys on day one. And, and that is often how this works, right? We, we gear ourselves up. We get so
2: excited for, for the big names to go. And it's going to be carnage. And then everyone resigns. And, and it's just sort of like, okay, we're, we're stuck getting excited about the Jalen Brunsons, who's a really good player, of course. So if we look at some of these, that second tier, you mentioned DeAndre Aiden. He seems like the guy who is most likely to move out of all of these big to big-ish names what is the team that that could both work it financially and makes the most
4: sense in your eyes? Well, that's the thing. It's, it's hard to find that perfect fit in uh, terms of finance. Like Detroit was possibly going to be that. Then they drafted Jalen Duran and then they took on that trade for Noel and Burks, which absorbs uh, a lot of their cap space. Um, yeah, Portland's been bandied around, but the space really isn't there. Atlanta does have some space, but I don't think that's going to last too long or it doesn't make actual sense for them to go after him. Apparently he's got max offers out there, Aiton, but I I don't really see where they are or or what team it makes sense um, to to offer him that sort of max deal. So his situation is going to be interesting, and I think where he ends up, it's going to require it probably is going to have to require a trade to open up some of that space, or for salary matching purposes, rather than just signing outright onto a max offer sheet. So we we get excited
2: about these star players, and and often it is the guys on the margins who sign with. Uh, teams that, that just need depth or they need that one wing defender or that one secondary ball handler that helps put them over the top as title contenders. Who who are some of the names in in that lower tier, the, the Nick Batum's of the world who you think, hey, if this guy goes to the right team or if this team, I could even phrase it that way, if this team finds the right secondary depth piece, that
4: really elevates what they can be in 2022, I think the guys that are more, more interesting, you said Batum, I think he's going to head back to the Clippers. But one of his teammates, Isaiah Hartenstein, who was one of the best, if not the best, backup center in the entire NBA last season, like the Clippers can really only offer him a, a little bit over the minimum. So a really good team could get someone like that. As I said, cent- Phoenix, we were all up in the air. Like Phoenix is going to have no Deandre and they're going to lose him. Who's their center? Like, who have they got? They don't have any centers. They've got that they McGee and Biambo. They're both unrestricted free agents. Like if someone like Hartenstein went to Phoenix, I'm not saying it's not a drop off from Aiden, but maybe it fits better. But he's a guy that in terms of the position and the value that's there, uh, someone like Gary Harris, who just fits seamlessly onto a contender, if he can continue the shooting improvement from last season and his defense. If TJ Warren is even remotely healthy, we haven't seen him play in two years, but as a third forward on a team that can come in and score and provide some okay defense, which is improved. Like these are guys who they're not the bigger names. They're not going to be demanding 20, 25, $30 million. It's going to be 10 million or 12 million or uh, yeah, 14 million or something along those it's sort of intermediate numbers, but they're players who can fit in on those better teams and can be afforded. Even if they take a small amount for a one year on a uh, yeah, taxpayer, mid-level exception or six, $7 million and come in and, and real be a real contributor for teams.
2: Check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball on your favorite podcast app, including Odyssey. Josh Lloyd will help you win your fantasy league each and every day. Coming up, the Green Bay Packers defense is the best in football,
0: allegedly.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
2: Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. There are a few Thursday Major League Baseball lines to consider. Padres and Dodgers, they meet in LA. BetOnline likes the Dodgers at -120 on the money line. The Phillies and Braves wrap up their series in the City of Brotherly Love. Bet online has the Phillies minus -128 on the money line, and the Astros slight home dogs to the Yankees bet online has them +103 to win bet online where the game starts. As the offseason settles into a bit of a relaxed state in the NFL, it's worth looking ahead to next year. I joined Peacock and Williamson to talk about how the Packers look, and Matt Williamson had an interesting thought About the green and gold Real quick, guys, not, not to jump in again, but I'm not trying to be hot takey. I think the Packers are going to have the best defense in the league. I think it should be number one. I think I've been, I've been saying, I've been saying since the draft, this is the most talented defense in football. And so whether they are the best defense in football is going to be, is going to rely on a lot of factors. Right. And, and Joe Barry, I was actually pretty impressed with Joe Barry last year. If you go back and look at his, his defense against, um, playoff quarterbacks last year. Um, the only game they lost. We don't, we don't talk about um, in this house um, against yeah, the, playoff the quarterback. Packers, you just not have to play the
4: 49ers in the playoffs. How different would, I mean, in, not-
2: <laughs> in a game where the defense was suffocating in a, in a game where Jimmy Garoppolo was begging to throw it away, two dropped interceptions, at least one potential pick six, probably two potential pick sixes dropped in that game for the Packers defense. But, but, To to Brian's point, um, Darnell Savage, first-round pick. Rashawn Gary, first-round pick. Eric Stokes, Jair Alexander, first-round pick. Kenny Clark, first-round pick. Devontae Wyatt, first-round pick. I mean, you talk about the investment on that side of the ball. And then they paid Russell Douglas in the offseason. They paid Devondre Campbell in the offseason. Adrian Amos came in on a nice free agent deal. And Preston Smith. Uh, former, you know, former top hundred pick as well, who they gave a monster contract when he showed up in free agency. So this is, this is the time for the defense to step up. And, and I, I tweeted this out the other day. If you look at um, the top, I believe it was the top eight defenses last year by DVOA um, four of them were 23rd or worse the year before. And defense is volatile like that. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so you, you add one or two players like it's in Dallas, you add Micah Parsons. And, you know, Trayvon Diggs catches a couple more interceptions a year after that he dropped a bunch Um, and your defense can be awesome. And so, okay, the Packers get back Jair Alexander. Well, he's one of the like five best defensive players in the league or he was in 2020. So that's a huge upgrade in addition to Quay Walker. I think Jaron Reed is is a really nice, is a really nice. I didn't even mention Quay Walker when I was talking about first round picks because they just took him. Um, I think Jerron Reed is a nice add for them. And then I think they have the best, I think they have the best one, two, three corner group in the league. I'm sure Ravens fans and Saints fans have something to say about that. Um, Dolphins fans, maybe. I think they have the best one through five secondary in the league um, with Amos and and Savage and and then those three cornerbacks that I mentioned. So this this defense is, is really, really talented. And I think if they need the Packers to be carried by their defense, they are capable of doing that. And that's the first time we can say that since 2010, maybe. Right. I mean, yeah. if you have a number one defense in Aaron Rodgers, I don't really care about the rest. They're going to be competitive. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, right. obviously, yeah, it's a pretty you good can, start. You can and you run the ball a little bit. You can, uh, you can wait a few weeks to figure out who that wide receiver one is going to be for Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. So that's a part of it is buying time as there's a little transition there in the passing game. I, I think that's absolutely right. And it puts less pressure on those guys to perform right away. Like if you can, if you can win games 13 to 10 and you can win games 20 to 17, I mean, this is what Tom Brady did his whole career and then just play good situational football at the end. Like that's, that's, that's really good. If you're a well-coached team and I think the Packers are, you have a really good quarterback Better and special teams would help though. And, and your special teams <laughs> is not a raging tire fire. Better like they actually, they actually got out. great. They got great defense in that playoff game, and the special teams was an, a complete nightmare. And finally, Trayvon Williams wants to teach you something, but it's not about football. The Cincinnati Bengals running back will soon be an adjunct professor. Williams will co-teach a course on name, image, and likeness, college athletics, and athlete advocacy at Texas A&M Law School. The idea for the class apparently started as a joke on Twitter. Said Williams, I'll be a full-time Bengal during the season, I promise. However, after the season's over, I'm putting my professor hat on and getting to work. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, which big-time free agents will have new homes for the next NBA season already? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.